And now, another cup of... The London Fog. We're back to the London Fog. Sound a little more exciting. Okay, sorry. We're back to the London Fog. Yes. Yes, we are. I'm your host. (laughs) Kate. No, I'm your host. Sorry. I just realized I was re-listening to some of our episodes and I realized we never anymore tell people who we are. So, I'm Leah. <laughs> and I'm Kate, <laughs> and we know how to make a podcast. My dad is calling right now. Should I answer it? Let him be on the episode. Just, just <laughs> give him like a two-second shout-out. Dad, we're making a podcast right now. I don't think he listens, but he's subscribed on his phone. <clears throat> I him. My dad listens to the battles. Oh, yeah, which is a reminder, guys. You should subscribe if you haven't subscribed. That's a good point. You should subscribe. Subscribe on, on every single podcast app that you have and review. Yes, because it's been a while since we plugged that, and I feel like when we were plugging, people we were reviewing, we and then we just like gave up on it, and people went, they don't they need don't to be reviewed. Care. They but don't we care. Do still need your reviews. Yeah, we love your reviews. I want we more free stuff in the mail <laughs> <laughs> that comes with good reviews. Okay, so um, let's see. Do we have any updates? Oh, you know what? happened today oh i'm ready okay so so you know there's been a lot of talk in the news lately about you know harry and will are fighting and megan and kate yeah yeah they're not living in kensington palace and blah 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 right anyway i think that's all crap i mean it's just rubbish utter rubbish it is like they're they're a a happy family we all saw the picture we reposted it on our instagram Shocking. But the good hey, thing about heard you guys fighting... had a good time at 2 a.m. <laughs> it's just awkward. Okay, I mean, it's not a real apartment. It's a 21-bedroom apartment, so hopefully the walls are not that close. Good point. But, um, <laughs> Touche. But the thing that is nice about this is because of all of the like rumors about the fighting, I feel like the palace is trying to release more stuff. Um, Perfect. So Give that, it to like, us. We... So that, like, we don't focus on that. So, a few interesting things is, I think it was last night, um, Will and Kate went to that diplomatic reception that the Queen has every year. Yes. And they go pretty much every year. Photos are never released. Mm -hmm. All you see is the image of Kate in the car. And she's always wearing the same tiara, so it's really disappointing. (laughs) And you see, like, a bit of her shoulder. And so people, like, wildly speculate about what she's wearing. But... This year, I think because there's been so much press about the fighting, they released photos. Woo! And let me just tell you, Kate has never looked like more of a princess. Oh, I'm so ready. It's, tell me what it looks like. It's like... It's Paint like, the picture. It's amazing. Somehow she's wearing a white dress, but it doesn't look bridal. Okay. It's basically just like white, sparkly foam. And oh, like so she just looks like a Christmas wonderland. And she looks freaking amazing. <gasps> oh my gosh, I want that dress. Right? <sighs> anyway, you guys, you gotta, I mean, you can go. She's so stunning. I love her yeah. style. You can go to the Kensington Royal Instagram and you will see it and you will be so happy that they've been fighting enough that the, <laughs> that the palace decided to release more photos because... I am so here for this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, it. It's like, it is, it's like, it's like a glass white. And when I say kind of glass, it has like that little bit of blue yeah, undertone. But not like Cinderella-y. Yeah. But it's, oh, that's so pretty. It's so great. Also, um, Will and Kate went to a Christmas party and... Kate wore a beautiful plaid skirt, which I know it's weird that I'm talking about the outfit, but the reason no, why I bring it up I is it. because... Me and this Kate, across from me, are going to a Christmas party we on are. Saturday. And yes, I'm copying this outfit. Oh my gosh. I bought a skirt on Amazon today. I love and, it. And oh good. I'm wearing a skirt too. It looks like a kind of like a snow globe with little pom-poms. That's cute. It's yeah. going to be cute. Well, I'm going to look like Kate, so. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about that. And then, Okay. One last thing. I know ready. I also have a random. Um, as much as I follow her outfits. But today, I went online and I was in shock because Kate 
wore dress pants too in a bit. Like, yes. Like, she wears pants sometimes when it's... You like guys know that my pants. mouth is, like, hanging yeah, open because I'm never quiet. Dropped, but, yeah, because, you know, sometimes she'll wear, like, jeans if it's, like, a sporting event yeah. or whatever. But she went to an event with, like, wide leg trouser pants. That's jacket? Good. No jacket? With a jacket. She looked... She suited uh, up? Yes. She looked amazing. Which, also, speculation is that she did it because Megan so often wears pants. Okay. And they want to have more comparisons of them in the news that are good. Okay. So like, oh, so like all the news yeah. were like, oh, Kate's learning from Megan's style instead of like, oh, they're fighting, you know? Yeah. So anyway, but she looked great. What I color was, was the outfit? I mean, White? Like I could just see her like kind of in like a beautiful, like slight cream colored suit. No. So <sighs> it was like dark pants okay. with a cream top and like an olive colored jacket. I love it. It was it was amazing. Like I was I'm at in work. It. You know how I how I just love to um, follow the news oh, at work when I should okay. be working. Right, don't we all? <laughs> but I was at work and I was freaking out and I was like, "There is no one I can talk to about this." Like none of my coworkers. No one cares. I jump up and I'm like, "Katie's wearing pants." <laughs> and like, okay, sit down. No, no one cares. Anyway. I love it. Well, can I tell you one random nugget? Because I was actually looking at weird things in British news this week. Um, in I'm going to probably say this wrong, which is not new, but <laughs> Newton Acliffe County Durham, which is in the northern part of England, has made it by law that only Santa Claus can be played by a man. Because a couple of rather more jolly ladies thought that they could help out because they weren't able to find a Santa Claus. And the council voted, like the city council voted that no, the ladies could not go and play Father Christmas, that it has to be a male. Because, and their reason for this, they were afraid that political correctness and the fear of disappointed children would be them expecting a male voice to go ho ho hoing. <laughs> okay, all right. So women cannot be Santa. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> I just thought it was weird. I don't know how I felt really either. Do I really care? I mean, I know I never want to put on the fat man suit, but I just thought it was funny enough that it made global news. <laughs> Okay, well, here's an interesting thing, because, so, as you were talking, I just kind of Googled that, just, you know, I wanted to see a news article, and I found a different article. Ooh, um, about ho-ho-hoing? From New Zealand, <laughs> in Auckland, Ooh. and it's an interview with the guy who organizes Auckland Santa Parade, and I guess that they replaced their Santa this year, but he said... But the organizer said that he would never hire a woman to play Santa. Um, he said, Why? I think it's just PC gone mad or too far. You guys, this morning you're telling me that a man didn't walk on the moon. Now you're telling me Santa's a woman. I just want to see things I can believe in. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. The Human Rights Commission said that um, sex is a prohibited ground of discrimination, but exceptions could be made for reasons of authenticity. So He's a fake figure. Authentic. Sorry, guys. I'm uh, spoiler okay, alert. Katie, let, Kate, let okay. it out. This one quote kind of makes sense to me. He's where he says, "Mary Poppins is a woman. Santa Claus is a man. That's how it should be." I mean, that's true. That's true. They're making that new Mary Poppins. Could you imagine what happens if it was like? John Travolta playing Mary Poppins. Some old yeah, man. For some reason, right? it's just that quote that nope. makes me like, okay, I can see I can see. <laughs> you sold me. <laughs> you sold me. Don't mess with Mary Poppins. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my goodness. Well, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Because we've been babbling that. around random shit now for like 10 minutes. <laughs> people are thrilled. No, it is true. Every time people are like, have you tried this? Well, actually, Did you watch this show? Guys, I don't know if it's what the people want because you guys haven't been emailing us. It's true. Well, what is our email again? Who knows? <laughs> it's a Podcast. That was a, a nice plug oh. for you, bitch. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. 
send us an email or you can slip into our DMs, yeah, right? That's true. Yes. London Fog Podcast. The London Fog Podcast? What's our Instagram handle? Also a good question. Um, it is the London Fog. The podcast. London Fog podcast. Because when we were setting all this up, the Gmail, somebody tried to make a London Fog podcast. Yeah, that failed. <clears throat> they made two episodes. I found them. And both of them had more errors than our first episode. Do you remember how we had to redo our first episode? That was so disappointing. That was a really sad time. That was a really hard day. Well, well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, we are talking about crime. Oh, yes we are. <laughs> <laughs> Leah was like, oh shit, I thought we were talking about... <laughs> no, just kidding. I knew we were talking about crime. Um, Perfect. Yeah, so mine is a sad... Mine is like a murder crime. Okay, you do usually the murder... No, mine's kind of a happy plucky crime. Okay, well, so that's what I was going for. So I was trying to find a happy crime. I was trying to find Christmas time crimes. Oh, that's a good idea. And for some reason in my head, I thought, oh, you know, a Christmas time crime will be some sort of Santa caper or something. Yeah. No, a lot of people get murdered around Christmas. Oh, 1,000%. I believe that. I've, I've listened to, you know, plug where you're not endorsed by them, but my favorite murder, I listen to those. Everybody dies around Christmas. Yeah. Holiday time. Yeah, it's Easter. Really sad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should Easter, not. Laugh. I just don't think people. I mean, somebody died. <laughs> he has risen, and uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, so you want me to go first? Yeah, I, I did it last time, and I royally sucked that one up. I still wanted to just send one more apology to Austin. Sorry for saying do a region. I was all like, I don't understand what this means. I looked it up one way. Yours, you won. It was highly superior. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so for once in my life, I did not go back to the 1400s. Perfect. <laughs> this is actually fairly recent. And does it have names of places you can pronounce? Yes, I can. Look at you. Right. Um, it's, so this is the story of Joanna Claire Yates. Okay. Um, this happened in 2010. Okay. So, eight years ago. Um, Am I going to have to, like, sleep with, like, my door locked? Is it, like, creepy murder? Um, I mean, just don't let any strangers in your house. Okay. 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 Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm uh, totally into this. The door's locked right I, now, right? I think so. Okay. okay, no, I locked it as I came in. Anyway. Perfect. <laughs> I often lock it. Uh, so... Yes. Like, we should start talking about people that we know to see if they listen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just, like, throw some things in and see if they ever say anything. Oh, 1,000%. Anyway. Let's, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, Joanna Claire Yates. So, um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Joanna. So, Joanna was born in April of 1985 to David and Teresa Yates in Hampshire. Um, she ended up, she, she went to a lot of school, but eventually she got a postgrad diploma at University of Gloucestershire. And in 2008, so two years before this, she met an architect named Greg. Um, so she was a landscape architect, and so that was her degree. And so she met an architect at the firm that she worked at. They moved in together in 2009, and then in two and in two thousand ten, they moved to Bristol. The company moved them to Bristol. Okay. So. So everything's like good. Yeah. They're happy. They're, they're living. Good. They're, they're solid. Okay. They're in love. So it was December twenty ten. She she was planning on going to spend Christmas with her boyfriend Greg and her parents, and so since they were spending Christmas with her parents. This is, like, the weekend before, December 17th. Um, so Greg went to go visit his brother to, like, see his brother around the holidays. Yeah. But then Joanna had to work, so she stayed at work. Okay. Um, so after she finished work on December 17th, um, 
she went out with some of her colleagues. They went to a pub. It's like holiday time. She's drinking. She told her friends that she was planning to spend the weekend just like baking for Christmas. Um, so she was home alone. Her boyfriend yeah. didn't come. So she leaves the pub at 8 p.m. And then the CCTV showed her buying a pizza at the supermarket and a couple bottles of cider before she heads home. So that's Girl was ready for a good night. Yeah. She was just going to throw on some sex in the city, do a little bit of baking, a little bit of drinking. Yeah, a nice night. A nice night. So that was the last time she was seen alive with that oh, video. Oh, I hate pizza. Oh, that's going to be like me living here in Houston. The last time anybody saw me, she was buying Thai gourmet. <laughs> that's a good way to go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was on the 17th. So on the 19th, Greg, her boyfriend, that's a Sunday, he comes home. It's like around 9 p.m. Um, he notices that there's like a half-drunk bottle of cider on the table. And he's like, oh, where's my girlfriend, you know? Yeah. I guess, you know, he was out of town. I guess they didn't talk that much. So he didn't bother him that she hadn't texted him or whatever. But when he got home and she wasn't there, he was kind of worried. So he calls her cell phone. And then he hears it ringing in the house, like in her coat pocket. So then he kind of starts to panic because he's like, why would she leave without her cell phone? And then he notices that... her coat. It's cold outside, girl. (laughs) So he notices that her handbag is sitting on the kitchen table and her keys and her glasses are in the house. Oh, shit. So he's... So, and I mean, okay, so they're like serious in love. Yeah. They're planning on getting married, you know? So he's really worried. So... There were no signs of a struggle in the house or anything, but just, like, this made him realize that something must be wrong. Yeah. So, he called the police, and he called her parents, just to be like, you know, what's going on? So, the police come, and they start, um, they start a search. Her parents start searching, like, her parents come to visit, and they start searching everywhere. Like, they were walking around, and they were, um, like knocking on car uh, trunks or, um, or boots as in England. And just in case that she had been abducted and was inside the yeah. car. They were just like walking. Like they were just doing whatever oh, no. they could. They were trying to. So they like the police found the video of her buying pizza. So they were looking in people's trash cans to see if they could find pizza. Like yeah. just anything. Because um, they didn't know what to do. So um, during the search... One of her neighbors, Tanya, offered to help. Tanya lived next door with her boyfriend. And the police came, like, were searching all the neighbor's house. So they searched Tanya and her boyfriend, Tabak, I think. Was it? It, yeah, Vincent Tabak. So they searched their house. Um, they interviewed them. You know, they're just not finding any information. Mm. So for eight days, they're just searching and searching, um, like, her friends set up a website that's like all over social media. Her parents are on the news, like pleading with people to like on a press conference just to be like, please, um, you know, help us find her. Her dad, like in an interview, said that he thought she was abducted after getting home to her flat. He said, I have no idea the circumstances of the abduction, but I feel sure she would not have gone out by herself leaving these things behind. Which, I mean, yeah, like, that's legitimate. Leaves. Nobody leaves their keys and their phone, especially their phone in this day and age. Right? Yeah. So, so anyway, so so eight days later on Christmas Day, a couple is walking. Um, oh no! They're about. It's see. Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas Day. <gasps> they're walking near a golf course about three miles away from her house, and they're with their dogs, and they find her frozen body. <sighs> So she had been bashed, strangled, and then she was next to a wall. So it's they thought that her the killer had tried to like heave her over the wall. In which Uh case they might not have ever found her, but she wasn't able to. And so she he had covered her with leaves and snow so that no one would see the body until the snow melted. But the dogs found it. So. so now the police like knew there was a murder. So now because uh, of the hunt, and so they offer a reward of a hundred thousand dollars for anyone with any information. Um, people like all over the UK. I mean, I feel like anyone who lived there at this time probably knows the story. People everywhere are like very into it. It's it's 
the biggest operation, police operation, like in that area's history in Bristol. Like, there's 80 detectives working on it. Wow. Um, they were getting thousands of calls. Everybody was asking, or everyone was offering inf information, so they were following up on everything. So, um, yeah, so there was just like a lot going on. So, so five days after they find the body on December 30th, they arrested her landlord, Chris Jeffries, as a suspect. So um, he was taken to the police uh, station for questioning. They ended up um, arresting him. But while this is happening, so he gets arrested. While this is happening, the next-door neighbor and his girlfriend, or the next-door neighbor's from the Netherlands, um, they're in the Netherlands for Christmas. So he sees a news report that Jeffries, their landlord, was arrested. So he calls the police. So he calls the police and he tells them that he's seen the landlord um, in his car on the night of the murder, which would, you know, like... Like an alibi? No. Or just no, saying, like... like maybe I... he was driving the body away, oh, okay. miles away, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, so, the, so the police are, like, very intent on this. So since he called and gave them more information, they went to Holland to interview him. Oh. So this is Vincent Tabak. So, um, so, but this time when they interview him, he tells them a different story of what he was doing. Oh, right? like the first time it's like he had said, "Oh, I saw, I saw a landlord driving away," and he said that he had, you know, gone out once to go to the supermarket, and then this time he said, "Oh, he'd actually gone out a few times to do a few different things that day." So he's changing his story. So the police think seem to think that he's a little overly interested in the forensic investigation. Yeah. Um, but that he was cooperative. He provided a DNA sample. So, you know, they were like, okay. So while this is happening, Jeffries who's ha is, is released on bail and his face is splashed all over the newspapers as like the main suspect. suspect. So, um, one thing that's a little interesting, like, uh, about that, just like a side note, is that this caused a lot of media controversy, and after this, there was a lot of, like, some, the police, like, blocked certain British media from, like, finding out information after this because they felt like they, you know, like, they shouldn't have been, mm -hmm. like, blasting this, that he's the main suspect yeah. and stuff before they even know any information. So, meanwhile, the police um, are receiving a lot of calls, and they received a call from an anonymous caller about Vincent Tabak, the neighbor. Um, and so, what happens is they end up because he gets. Well, I feel like because there was no sign of a struggle. Personally, I think it has to be somebody that she knows. So, I think the landlord. The, like, the the next door neighbor. I don't even know my neighbors across the hallway, you know? Yeah. Like, but I know the one next, too. Like, I would be able to talk to them or, dare I say, even the boyfriend. But you said that they were super in love and I'm going to roll with that. So, I think this is adding up. Tell me more. Yeah. So, what happens is, so, he tells, so, he had told the police, like, when they were talking about stuff, you know, they were like, oh, have you ever been in her apartment or whatever? And he said that he had been in her apartment one time. Like when the landlord was in there, so you know, because landlords will stop by or whatever. Yeah. And so he's like, "Well, I, I was talking to the landlord once, and he was in there, and I stepped in briefly." And so, um, so they were like, "Okay, well, then give us some of Who your steps in briefly, right?" So they were like, "Okay, well, give us some of your DNA so that we can rule rule it out." Yeah. And you know, and so what happened is he gave um, he gave some DNA, and then okay, very immature question. DNA. Yeah. Hair? Jizz in a cup. Pee? Any of that. Blood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Any of the above. It can either be so saliva or... Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, he gives some DNA, and they end up finding his DNA on her chest. Oh. So, and the, the people who did the DNA sample said that the probability of it not being a match with... Vincent's DNA was one in a billion. 
Oh, jeez. So, so it's him. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, since it was found on her chest and he said that he, like, didn't even really know her. Yeah. Um, he was arrested and charged. So, okay. So, a little bit about Vincent. So, he was from Amsterdam. He'd been working in the UK for, at this point, like, about three years living with his girlfriend next door. Um, so him and Joanna probably had never met because even though he lived next door, he had been, like, she moved in in, like, September, and he was out of town, and he didn't get back until, like, end of November. Okay. And then this is, like, mid-December. Yeah. So they probably had never met. Right. So when they go to trial, so this is what he's so at first he says that he's innocent and says that they're fabricating evidence and so so anyway so after he's arrested and stuff by the way Jeffries is let go the, okay the landlord the landlord okay um we'll get back to that in okay a moment. but so he says he's innocent but then he start kind of starts to realize that um they've got him and so yeah. he pleads guilty to manslaughter saying that her death was an accident which, okay. you know, right. I don't know. So, I guess what happened was, even though they were strangers, so his girlfriend was away that night, and her boyfriend was away that night, and everybody said that she was a very friendly girl, you know, it's Christmas time, and so he said that she had invited him in for a drink, which is, I think, normal. Like, yeah, you know, kind of. Um, <laughs> century you walk with your keys between your hands yeah keep pepper spray and you let nobody in the apartment so what happened is so according to him is that he felt he felt like she was flirting with him okay and encouraging her to make a pass at him uh or for him Him, to make a pass at her um she was not obviously she's in love with her boyfriend that she's planning on marrying so what happened is he made a pass at her, and she screamed, which I'm like, okay, what did he do? Because that's his story, is that, like, oh, well, I made a pass at her, and then she screamed, so to keep her quiet, I ended up he strangled her. her. Right? I'm like, okay, someone hits on you, yeah. you don't scream. Yeah. You, you might be like, don't touch me, get out of my house, yeah. but you're not going to, like, be, you know? Anyway, so... Police investigations showed that 20 seconds later, she, she died. Like, she died very, Aww. very soon. So, um, so the prosecution believed, so he is, like, kind of a horrible person. So they, they're digging into him. They find a lot of images on his computer of, like, women who are bound and degraded uh, like a lot of like a blonde woman who looked a lot like her and so they believe that he had been spying on her like just since she moved in what a disgusting pervert um, and that, please tell me he dies in prison please tell me he dies in prison well so so this is like so he's like so bad so so all together she suffered 43 injuries to her like her face oh. and her arms right so, what a freak. Ugh. So, you know, they're, Disgusting. like, still watching, like, the, they, they had been watching, like, the CCTV at the supermarket, right, yeah. when they last saw her. So, shortly after the murder, they see him going into the shop for chips and beer. So, like, his whole story of, like, oh, it was an accident, I was so upset, like, okay, then why'd you go to the store to get some beer, you know? Yeah. Like, and then, he actually, in this time time like shortly after he killed her sent a text to his girlfriend who was at a christmas party saying i miss you it's boring here without you oh my gosh no way um so he so obviously he had been trying to frame the landlord when he called to say that he saw the landlord you know driving away gross um he 
After following the killing, they found on his computer that he'd been researching topics like the difference between murder and manslaughter. Like he knew that he was gonna have to like Lich. confess to something, and you know, or in case he did. He oh was my gosh. Um, how does his girlfriend feel? I mean, you were like dating a psycho. Well, I'll tell you how she. Okay. So, so he, so he said that he he kept saying he couldn't remember how she got the injuries. Um, he said that he threw the pizza away afterwards, but they believe he stopped to eat it, which I was like, I don't know why they researched that, but just to kind of show what frame of mind he was in. Like he was well, just right. Like, oh, I'm just gonna have this pizza. Well, he apparently like was kind of proud of his work. You know, eat yeah. something, look at her, go and pick up some beer, come back, probably check her out, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, gross. So finally, in October 2011, so this happened in December 2010. In October 2011, so they, this trial has been dragged out forever, he's found guilty of Joe's murder, and he's jailed for life with serving a minimum of 20 years. Which, I hate how they do I that. I hate that. Like... That's bullshit. Yeah. You took somebody's life, yeah. like... So... Greg, Joe's boyfriend, uh-huh. said that like the hardest part of like that whole trial or whatever was that he had to sit there and listen to him claiming that like Joe had invited him in and was flirting with him or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I know she wasn't doing that. Like, yeah. she's my girlfriend. She loves me. She was just being friendly to a neighbor, you know? But, yeah. Like, that he kept saying that, which is horrible that you have to hear that. Hear that. You know? But Ugh. so one of the most shocked people by the crime was Tanya. Yeah, no shit. So, um, so she, it was, it was ridiculous. So she actually, as a next door neighbor, had been helping Joe's parents search for those like eight days when they couldn't find the body. She had been out there searching with them every day. She had no idea that her own boyfriend was the one who did it, you know? Mm. Um, so she didn't. She didn't talk to the press, but her father talked to the press. And yeah. he said, you know, he's like, our hearts are with the Yates family. And they were grateful that, you know, that their daughter had been protected from how evil this now she was with. Right. Daughters. Like, could you imagine going back, you know, like, you have no idea, but thinking, yeah. like, she was probably in a state of shock, knowing that she went back to, like, bed with this guy that had just killed somebody. Yeah. So what a she, freak. Yeah, so she is still sad. She, you know, she just feels like Oof. she can't trust anyone, you know. Um, and then they had an interview with Joe's boyfriend, Greg, last year. And he said that he, I mean, I'm sure, hopefully, I hope he's been able to move on. But he said, you know, that he's doing his best to, to live a life that Joe would be proud of. Um, he supports yeah. charities that she was passionate about. And he said he's never going to forget her. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. I mean, as well as he should. I mean, he can't. He's probably a young guy. He's yeah. probably like 30, you yeah. know, now like getting into his 40s. Like, yeah. So, guys, so, murder, don't do it. I know. It ruins everybody's life. <laughs> so, a few things about the case. So, it actually led to a new bill in Parliament that, imp- that or they tried to impose a new bill in Parliament that would impose a sentence of six months on any journalist who names an uncharged suspect because because of the christopher jeffries the reputation was probably like ruined well yeah so just a little story what happened to him so he was a retired teacher in his 60s working as a landlord um he i mean after that ordeal it was like all of these papers were like portraying him as like a sexually perverted guy who had who had used teaching to like get close to people you know like yeah. it just made his whole life just seem like horrible uh-huh. um and so but luckily like at that time one of his former students helped to like organize legal support for him and he ended up being he sued i think he got libel damages from eight different newspapers um and like you know, and luckily, he, I mean, he says that you know, at least his family all believed him because I mean, it was like three months yeah. before he got released of like not being a suspect, and so, um, so there's actually been um, like a movie made about John Gates' murder, and they they worked really they worked with him to like portray him well since he'd already gone through this trial, yeah. you know, so. Oh, um, poor guy. Yeah. So, 
but he said that he's not bitter about it. He feels incredibly fortunate that he had good legal representation so that, you know, it, he would be able Just to... an upstanding bloke. Yeah, but, okay, oh, but the other thing that is just weird about, so, so a few years after, when he's already been in jail for like four years, Vincent, um was then also they brought him up on charges for like child pornography oh disgusting yeah like because they they also found that on his computer and he let's just castrate him and kill him now like (laughs) so he admitted to that capital punishment did we ever find out if england still had capital punishment no but this is what i don't get so he they so they find that so then he gets sentenced to another 10 months for that, for child pornography, which I'm like, okay, but it's like a guy that's already killed someone. Right. And then they decided that the 10 months that could be served on top of his life sentence. So it's not even like an extra time. It's just like, oh, hey, you're charged with this. I mean, I guess on the, at least like if he is ever released, he has to register as a sex mm-hmm. offender, but still. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's, like, the really tragic story. That's a super sad crime. I know. It's just, like, sad to think of her family. It's, like, how are they ever going to enjoy Christmas again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, can you imagine the people that found them with their dogs? Yeah, that also. That is a ruiner. Christmas was ruined. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the sad Christmas crime that I found. Good, Leah. Um, mine, oh, well, how about this? Mine is a happy, short, little crime. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was, that was pretty long. I well, happy I crime. Like, talk about her, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, this no, and for sure, I was actually looking at some murders, and I, I think it might be time. I know we've kind of talked and, like, gone, are we going to get that specific? Are we going to do, like, I think we should. We just need to do a British murder episode or something. Because there's so many good ones. There's just, I mean, good serial killers. I, mean, I don't want to say good, do, but like a Jack the Ripper episode, that's like, like the way he did our Henry Yeah, and go through the victims. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because the stuff that he did to those girls, and they never found him. Okay, can I go? Yes, yes, it's your turn. Please. <laughs> This one is a happy crime, guys. So if you're feeling like, wow, I just listened to 40 minutes of that and my life is now really bleak and dark, I'm here to bear you up. Mine is about Alan Robert. Um, Alan Robert actually is a Frenchman. He is a rock climber and urban climber. And he is also known as the French Spider-Man. He is famous for free solo climbing um, and scaling up skyscrapers, which if you don't know what free soloing is, it's just where you use no climbing equipment except for like a chalk bag and your shoes. <laughs> so um, this one is rather recent. Um, to talk about him a little bit more, uh, he has he climbs up famous really tall skyscrapers. So he's done the Burj Khalifa. Khalifa? Oh, yeah. The one in Dubai, the really tall one. I think that's how you say it. I'm not really sure of the pronunciation. The Eiffel Tower, the Sydney Opera House, and many, many other um, buildings. Um, Some of these, he gets sponsored by quite a lot of movies, like when... What was The Rock's last, like, movie about, like, skyscraper? skyscraper. (laughs) He climbed, like, a giant skyscraper to promote the movie, you know? So he gets hired to do it, and also by the companies that own a lot of these tall skyscrapers. But he also just has some on his bucket list that will never give him permission to climb, so he legally climbs them, and then uses all of his sponsorship money to pay for his bail. (laughs) And his court fees. So... Um, and he's old, like not to harp on him, but he's, he's, he's 56 and oh, still doing this, right? Does he have a family? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I didn't find anything about like too much of his personal life. It was just like this crazy guy that climbs everything. Okay. I mean, it's like he doesn't have a family because otherwise, why? You right. Know? <laughs> Who knows? But he has gone all around the world. He has been in Sydney. He's been in Brazil and Hong Kong and Paris, obviously, because he's from France. 
uh, United States, Malaysia, Singapore, Portugal, you name it. He's been there. Any cool building, he's climbed it. (laughs) So um, he's been laying low for the last while. Mm -hmm. His last climb was last year. He climbed the 38-story skyscraper in um, Barcelona, the Torre Agbar. And it seems like he kind of does one of these big climbs a year, but everybody was kind of wondering where he was at until October 25th of 2018 when he surfaced in London and climbed the Heron Tower, which is a 46-story skyscraper in the heart of London. So, uh, Alan usually plots out where he's going to go um, like months in advance to kind of like figure out like the textile like differences kind of how is he gonna get up this is there any kind of piping or what have you to help him shimmy his way up there mm-hmm. um, or he's also said that sometimes he'll just be walking down the street and he'll be like inspired like an artist <laughs> like, that's a cool time. yeah that <laughs> this is the one I have to climb um, which I kind of feel like this one was because I actually looked up the Heron Tower in London and it's not it's okay it's not like anything to like write home about (laughs) it's not the like because I always thought it was going to be like the what's the one that looks like a big like bullet you know what I'm talking about the building that's like glass and looks like a bullet in London somebody in London email us and tell me what the name of that is but it is right next to it. Um, so he said he was inspired and he wakes up pretty early and he started climbing. So, of course, once you see a man starting to scale a 46-story um, building, it closes roads, the police are out in force, mm-hmm. and then it brings a billion spectators. And... Of course, he's a professional climber, so there's a thousand people cheering him on. Um, So it took him uh, just under two hours, I think, to get to the top. Climbing for two hours sounds exhausting. Right? Too long. Too long. Um, And so he gets to the top, and everybody, there was like a great sense of cheering, and everybody was really happy. Even the cops were happy. (laughs) (laughs) That he had made it to the top. Because, I mean, it's kind of a cool thing. But also, at the same time, um, it's apparently called a public nuisance. That is what this... Right? (laughs) It closed streets. (laughs) It made people in the building had to be evacuated. Because they didn't know if it was, like, a terrorist or something. So... Oh, yeah. Although, I like the people who work in that building are probably like, yeah, free day. Right? (laughs) It's the truth. So the city of London police arrested Robert and they said the incident this afternoon has had a considerable impact on police, other emergency services, and the local community. Our officers, the London Fire Brigade, and the London Ambulance Service all attend the incident, taking them away from genuine emergencies. Road closures meant a significant disturbance to local transport and businesses, and their staff located in the building were also considerably affected. While the incident has called immense disruption to everyday business in the city of London, it has posed a significant level of risk to the safety in and around Heron Tower at the time. Mind you, that's also because everybody thought it was like the coolest thing that they had been kind of chosen to be one of the buildings. So, But they did slap him with um, a little crime, a little offense. So just this past Friday... Um, Robert pled guilty and was sentenced to 20 weeks in prison. This is not new to him. (laughs) He's kind of used to it, which was uh, suspended for two years. So at some point he's got to show up. And he was ordered to pay a fine of about $7,000. I feel like that's like not too bad. Right? (laughs) And he was barred from climbing any building in the UK until further notice. (laughs) Until further notice. Probably until someone wants to hire him. Oh, 1,000%. Like, well, you know. He's incredible. You have to, like, I went online after I found this. I was like, wait, like, 
I mean, I, I've seen, like, these whole, like, I'm climbing the building thing. But he's, he is, it is, like, Spider-Man. He just kind of, like, and he just takes his time. It's like it takes him nothing to get up there. He just takes his time so it puts on a show. Mm-hmm. Just idiotic. <laughs> but, um, so, yes, that is my crime. He said, um, Robert said, I didn't even really know anything about this building. I only saw some pictures before I came to London two days ago and just decided it was time. He does one yearly. But that's, like, not an inspiring building. But you know what? Maybe he just, like, like, London has so many inspiring buildings that you could get in major trouble for. You know what I mean? Like, if he picked... I don't know. He's done it everywhere. I mean, he's done the Eiffel Tower. He's done the huge one in Dubai. Let's see. There's some really good ones. He has done, I mean, the Sydney Opera House. But, like, which ones has he done not getting paid? Oh, okay. Let me see. There was the Lemire Building in Sydney, Australia. He was arrested at the top. It only took him 20 minutes to climb 57 stories. Um, I just feel like some of the ones that he's done, like, I'm looking it up now, like, the more famous ones... Like the Opera House or the Harbor Bridge. Yeah. It seems like people are paying him. Yeah, he gets paid quite often, but he still does a decent amount of of ones that... I mean, the one that he did in Brazil, anytime he gets arrested, you know it wasn't sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's more like... um, Like... Wait, let me... I'm trying to see where else he did in London just to... Um, okay, in London, he's done the One Canada Square, the Lloyd's Building, Portland House. He was also arrested there. Yeah, like, you know, I just feel like if he were to do something like Big Ben or something, like, that's when Yeah, like, I think maybe a national time. monument of some, ta- of some like, that's kind. that, I feel like, would be more than 20 weeks, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like he knows. Well, I remember... So, the first time I actually had heard his name was when he did it in... Um, New York and I was in college because he un it was in here I could probably find it in okay so in New York he climbed to the top of the New York Times building mm-hmm. which isn't terribly tall I mean, yeah. we stayed in, in a hotel you and I around the corner from there um and that was June 5th of 2008 and he unfurled a global warming banner mm-hmm. And then was arrested. So, I mean, it was like a political act. Um, but he's like, climb the Empire State. I think that would be pretty, right? That's kind of symbolic and like, almost like a well, national thing. Like that, maybe he got paid for. Maybe. Because I just feel like those ones that are like so, so famous are ones you could get in major trouble for. Yeah, yeah. No, I think if he, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, you're right. Like Big Ben, yeah. the Taj Mahal or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. So, there you go. That is our dear friend, Alan Robert, (laughs) who currently, I don't know if he's currently, it said that his, um, he has to serve the 20 weeks, but it's suspended for two years, so I don't know if he's all, like, just finding that right time to go. It's the Christmas holiday. They're all like, Alan, come back in March when nothing's really going on, you know? When it's cold out, you just want to be in a warm person. (laughs) Right? We'll give you three square meals. So, um, yeah, so I guess if happy anybody, crime. Yeah, that is happy. See, I was trying to find a Christmasy crime, but though I have to say, like, I really wanted to, but I, you always kind of tend to, and I'm all like, I still haven't decided we we need the the balance, the spice of life, but I think we just have to both agree to do a murder episode so I can do a murder. Yeah, because I've just found some like doozies, mind you. It gives me the willies to talk about, but I think somebody's got to do it. And I will do it for the name yeah. of science I mean, you of the podcast. Because your roommate's gone. Yeah, no Girl. joke. I'm alone. I mean, there's a lot of people in this house, in this apartment. Oh, I guess it's <laughs> well, coming we're out after. we dropping it up, way after. Her <laughs> roommate will be back. But no, I feel like I can do a creepy one today because like, I have my husband and two dogs this week. So, you know. I've got to clean four things. <laughs> I just did dishes. There's clean forks. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So the other day I came home and my husband 
had left the garage door open when he went to the gym. So, like, anybody could come. And you know how much I hate that. Yeah, I know. We were roommates. I killed him. But (laughs) I was like, if I go upstairs, is someone going to be there and going to kill me? So I, like, went upstairs. We legit. in the kitchen, and I grabbed a knife, and then I searched the rest of the house. But then I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this knife. If there was someone here... Could I stab I, I don't think I so. I know. Okay, thank you. I love this talk because I have a knife next to my bed. It's a decent length. But the thing is, I mean, you have to be in close count, you know, corners. Well, like, so, close, I mean, uptight. Everybody's red stabby, outlander, stabby. right? Like, you remember yeah. that in the first book that when they're, like, teaching her how to, like, stab, stab. a man to kill him? Like, we need to practice. We need. <laughs> it is the 21st century. <gasps> <laughs> Why need good practice? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we ended this on a cheery note. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, guys, this new season of Outlander. I mean, I was not, I was not a fan of the second season, but isn't this the fourth? This is the fourth. But okay. I mean, I gave up. You know, you it was gave, like I watched you did the first give season, up. I gave up. But now it's it's time to go back. Go is back. it good? Yes. Yes, it is. I have not not been watching The Outlander. We watched the first season together. Yeah. Which was decent. It was. I I enjoyed the first season. But, yeah. Anybody who wants... Oh, but I was going to say, if anybody has any ideas for something that they'd really like for a Christmas episode, I mean, we have the ideas, but just, you know, email us or message us. So who are we going to shout out? Just really quickly, we're wrapping up. Who do you think... Who should we shout out to? I think Rebecca. Rebecca. Is Rebecca, well, Rebecca listening? Do you listen to this podcast? If you do, text us. <laughs> Let us know. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been a fun time. We will be back in a week. Okay. Cheers. All right. Cheers, guys.